1: Doug is here in studio getting ready to take your gardening questions. And we also have some really interesting stuff about watering. Davy Tree coming up as well. But right now, if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you want a $25 gift certificate from the good people at Sorgles. Again, if you have a question in the way of gardening for Doug, 866-391-1020. Water is on the way, hopefully, right, Doug?
0: Yeah, let's hope for rain, you know. uh, (laughs) This is the opening of uh, what I call another planting window. Uh, When water's on the way, rain's on the way, I'll be planting, you know. You never know if the rain's going to make it, but boy, I hope so. And so, yeah, later on, we're going to talk with Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company all about watering your trees and how important it is. But, Rob, I wanted to start off and let you know, it finally happened. I got diagnosed with Lyme disease. So I must have got a tick bite somewhere along the line. Had a weird looking rash on my leg. And finally, I, I showed it to my wife, and she audibly gasped when she saw it. She goes, You got to go right now. You got to go right in there right now. I'm like, ah, I was hoping it would go away and I started to get some. Headaches and chills and fatigue and so hopefully they got this thing early. Uh, got me on antibiotics right away. I feel good, so um, don't don't do what I do. If you get a, a giant weird rash on your uh, body somewhere, go to the doctor and get this uh, thing figured out because you'd rather start the treatment sooner than later. It, it can be a long, uh, awful process. I've got lots of friends that have gone through it and. Interesting weekend uh, as we're watching the grandkids, and for the first time, my granddaughter got a garden pea, and so that reminded me of my epiphany of going organic, and uh, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you've heard the story probably a 100 times, but uh, when my son was the same age... Uh, I had cabbage worms really bad. I had no idea what to do about them. And a friend said, get this stuff called 7. And I did. I got it at the hardware store and sprinkled it on those cabbage worms and killed them right away. I was all excited. And then my son is walking barefoot through that white powder searching for snow peas. He already knew about snow peas. And so when I saw my granddaughter today or yesterday walking through the garden, uh with no concern because you know i've been organic for that long it it's it's been a long time <laughs> since this switch happened because when i saw my son walking through that stuff i was like wait a minute and i started to read the back of the packet you know because I, I thought well how bad could it how bad could this stuff be i got it at the hardware store and it's bad it's a nerve toxin And, you know, I posted about it yesterday on my Facebook page, and I got so many responses. It was uh, amazing, Uh, you know. uh, Back then, it was strange to be organic, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, let's see. I'll just try this newfangled thing called organic gardening, and I went to the library because there was no internet and read everything I could about organic gardening, and I found out it wasn't new at all, uh, that everybody was an organic gardener before World War II because there were no... Chemical pesticides, herbicides, or fertilizers. And so that started my long journey of trying to turn people onto organic gardening, which led to this show, <laughs> The Organic Gardener. Uh, and as I said, uh, I'll be planting today. You know, I still have tomatoes to go in. That's part of the, you know, my whole thing was the succession planting. And so tomatoes have been in, but now they're going to be. Planted again and again and again, all the way to July 4th. But other things too lettuce, uh, these peas will be uh, on their way out here probably in the next couple of weeks. And I'll put something else in there. Garlic's going to come out, the beans will go in. Just I never like to leave a, a, a bed fallow, always trying to put something in there, always trying to fill it up. And I can't wait to see what the tomato season's like because with a start like this, even though it's been terribly dry you know, uh, the video I just posted is the annual I hate watering video (laughs) because I do hate watering, Uh, but I'm just boy, if that rain comes that is just the sweetest feeling when you're a gardener and I hope it does because my number one planting day is when rain's on the way, number two is a cloudy day and number 3 is you got to wait till the end of the day cuz you don't want to stress out the plants. So I'm going to look at the radar, see what's brewing over there and I think I'll be doing a lot of planting today. I've got a lot of tomato plants in the in the greenhouse that need to need to go in and boy, I've been getting lots of questions about aphids. And so aphids are like little itty bitty like pinhead size and they can be black, they can be green, they can be yellow and they sometimes infest a plant, and when it's dry like this, uh, th- they can take over, and when I see aphids too, I, I, I wonder about the quality of, of where the plant is growing, How is it stressed out, because plants will send out a signal to these aphids saying, oh man, I'm struggling, I've got what you need, and it's easier to get, but aphids are one of the easiest pest to deal with. And so the first organic step is to blow them off the plant with a strong spray, spr- strong hose spray. Say that three times fast. And just when you blow them off, it's almost impossible for them to work their way back up. They, they'll they be underneath the leaves. They'll be on the soft tissue of a plant. After that, we just use something called insecticidal soap or horticultural oil. horticultural oil. Now don't don't mix up your Dawn dish soap into a, a pesticide, a organic pesticide. Get one from a nursery that's, that's been tested, and we know it's not going to hurt the plant. You know, people are telling me all sorts of crazy stuff that they're making up. Vinegar and Dawn dish soap and all sorts of other stuff. Just get the insecticidal soap or horticultural oil. What that's doing is basically just suffocating uh, the, the aphid. And it's not just one application. It's three applications in as many weeks. And you, you'll, as long as it's not a big infestation, it's not a big deal. Uh, but uh, get after them, keep after them. And then with a little rain and a little fertilizer on those plants, they'll be okay. The other thing, it, it looks like it's going to be a bad year, depending on what part of the city you're living in, for spotted lanternfly. I posted. Uh, something on dougoster.com that shows all the different what we call instars or stages of a spotted lanternfly because they look different as they get older and bigger. Right now, they're a black bug with white spots on it, and they are infesting certain plants. Uh, The the ones I've been getting pictures of are, are grapes, just infesting them. And the organic control, again, insecticidal soap or something called neem oil. And, you know, there, there's, when, when they're there, they're, there's too many to, to handpick, to knock off. They, they jump. They're actually not a, they're a, a type of leaf hopper. And so they'll jump when, when you, you get after them. So spraying them with uh, insecticidal soap will do the trick. If you see any spotted lanternfly, learn what they are. Go to, the, go to DougOster.com or go on Google and figure out what they look like you gotta kill them uh, because this invasive, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. They love tree of heaven, but there's 70 or more different plants that they will feast on, and they are a real pain. Uh, And as I said, also at the website is my I hate watering (laughs) video, and I alluded to it earlier, but it could be a banner year for tomatoes. When we start dry like this and warm, uh, tomatoes love this as opposed to that. Uh, often we have those cool, wet springs. Uh, we might have a year where we don't have to deal with the fungal issues when we get into July and August, and that would be a great thing. It's starting off kind of like an Italian summer and could be a banner year for peppers and tomatoes.
1: All right, coming up your phone calls all about gardening questions, just moments away with Doug and then Debut Tree, proper watering technique and more. That's the talking trees in about 20 minutes from now. But this is your opportunity to phone in at 866 391 1020. Larry and Marty looking for hometown heroes. If you know someone doing extraordinary things in your community, we want to know about them. Nominations are now open at kdkradio.com. Larry and Marty's hometown heroes, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA.
0: All
1: right, before we get to the phones, got a lot of calls. Doug wants to bring this to the program.
0: I want to see you in that bounce house at Janoski's. <laughs>
1: It's all about inflating my ego. Right? <laughs> all right. Uh, 866-391-1020. Let's say hi to John in 84 PA. Hi, John. Hi. Uh, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, Doug, when you're talking to your Davey guy, could you get the best time of the year to prune boxwood?
0: Sure. Sure. We could talk about that. Um, okay. I would think it'd be just about right now, to tell you the truth. Uh, we'll check with him to be sure, but... Uh, how do your boxwoods look? Because a lot of them took a beating in, in this winter.
1: Yeah, and I have some dead spots in some of them. I've had that before they have come back pretty nice, very nice, actually. And uh, I, I I know some people have lost them completely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mine seem to be doing pretty well, so I'm not that concerned about that. I just want to make sure that I'm pruning them at the right time of the year.
0: My understanding is you would, you know, start in the spring, work your way through. You could still prune them during the summer, and then we stop, uh, you know, around August because we don't want any new growth on there uh, because it won't harden off. But we'll talk to Luke about that when he comes on at uh, 730. Thanks for your call. Thank you.
1: All right, next call is Tom. Tom, you're on KDK. How you doing, Tom? Okay, how you doing? Uh, Did you get my pictures, Doug?
0: No, I haven't seen your tomato pictures yet um oh man have, uh, you know what i'm it's my lo- i'm gonna it's have uh wife. i'm gonna have Zach get your phone number uh for me and uh i'll I'll give you a call and we'll figure this all out so I can see those tomato pictures okay
1: okay I, I wonder if i got my wife to print pictures out and send them to you
0: Let me give you a call I'll talk to you talk to your wife we'll get the 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 uh, address worked out, and we'll figure things out. Uh, appreciate it.
1: All right, Zach is going to get Tom's uh, number. Then Doug will get back a hold of him, and they'll get that done. Let's go to Dan. Dan, you're on KDK with Doug Oster. How you doing?
0: Great. How are, How about you guys? Good, doing great. What's up? Hey, uh, can I still plant pumpkins, or is it too late? No, you have time. No, this would be a great time to put pumpkins in. Uh, that was something I, I I wanted to talk about at the top of the show. Is that yeah plenty of time to put any seeds like that pumpkins uh squash zucchini cucumbers all that stuff beans uh anything we start from seed you could put in right now and you know you might be better off you know starting this late in the season because they are going to love the warm soil the warm air temperatures they'll sprout quick just keep uh, those seeds moist until they sprout and you'll be good to go you know pumpkins they're heavy feeders. They're, they're going to want good soil and room to ramble. That's the other thing, too. We, we like to say that when you grow pumpkins, you become a uh, a vine wrangler because you're always, every day they, they grow a couple feet, it seems, and you're always turning them in on each other so they don't uh, overtake the entire garden, then the neighbors, and then the, the neighbor's kids. You'll, you're going to get in trouble. So, yeah, get those seeds in. You, it's, you'll be good to go.
1: Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, waiting for some more phone calls. So if you have a question for Doug, 866-391-1020.
0: This is also the time to take a look at your rhododendrons and azaleas as far as pruning. You know, we talked about boxwood pruning. But rhododendrons and azaleas have a very short, specific window that you can do pruning. First off, ask yourself, why are you pruning? Don't just prune for pruning's sake. You know, there's got to be a reason. It's either in the way or the shape of it. But how uh, these these two plants and others work is as soon as they are done blooming, in just a couple of weeks, they'll start to put on buds for the next year's flowers. And if we wait too long to do our pruning, we'll lose those flowers for next year. And so uh, always be careful when you're pruning. Take a look... Uh, at the plant after every cut, take a look online and try to learn a little bit about pruning uh, and, and how to make the right cut and how to, to do this without damaging the shrub. Uh, and, and most important, like I just said, why are you pruning is the question. And so m- most of the time, if it's in the people space, it's time to prune. And for rhododendrons and azaleas, uh, it would be true for dogwoods, anything like that—a spring bloomer that puts its buds on and lets them sit there over the winter. I'm growing this rose, and I posted—I've uh, been posting a couple pictures on social media, and it's called Funny Face. It's from a big company released it called Bailey's uh, Bailey Nurseries, and you know people send me plants all the time. Uh, they want you to try it. They want you to write about it, and I only write about it if it's if it's good because if it's bad, it might have been something I did wrong. They usually send them in the heat of battle, you know, when there's too much to do. So I stuck this rose just in a spot where I thought it'd be okay, and I figured I'd move it at some point, which I never do. You know, I've got plants like that all over the garden. I've got a <laughs> forsythia that's taking over the vegetable garden. i got to get that thing out of there. <laughs> Uh, but this thing, even though it's not in the right spot, it's not in full sun. It has just this is its fourth season. It's just going absolutely nuts, and it open it it buds in like a real dark pink, opens real dark pink, and then fades to like a lighter pink. It's so beautiful if you uh, if you can take a look at it on uh, on my Facebook page, you'll just you'll love it, or Instagram. You will just love this rose. And I don't do anything to it. I don't fertilize it. I don't water it. It's not in the right spot. That's when people, when they send you a plant and you put it in a spot like that and it goes crazy. Imagine what that thing is going to do when you have it in the right spot and the right, the, the soil's good, but it's just, it's not in the right spot. But boy, it's become a star of the garden. Uh, just absolutely wonderful. Uh, don't forget dogoaster.com. I've got all those pictures of the different spotted lanternflies. Learn what they look like. Learn what the eggs look like so that you can hopefully slow down this uh, awful infestation of this this bug. And real quick, before I let you go, take a close look at your beech trees. There's a disease going around called beech leaf disease. And look up at your beech trees. Look at the leaves. And if they have kind of like a striped styration on them, they could have that problem.
1: All right, Davy Tree talking tree. Luke Warner, just a couple of minutes from now, if you have a tree question, you want to get on the line, 866-391-1020. And if we have time, we'll get to some gardening questions too. All still to come with Doug on KDKA.
0: Yes, we're joined by Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company. We're going to talk about watering with Luke, but Luke, I wanted to ask you a little bit about ticks as somebody who works outdoors, you know, a lot like you and I do, mm-hmm. what, what is your, uh, technique for avoiding ticks? Because, uh, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, but early on. And so I'm feeling fine, but, uh, the, one of those ticks got me.
2: Oh yeah. I've had numerous ticks on me over the years. Um, it seems like if you can't avoid, you know, the areas where they're at most, then, um, you know, using a, uh, a product to deter them has worked best for me. Um, I use, have used um, permethrin-type products uh, in the past around my uh, my ankles and, and bottoms of my pants um, and boots area to keep them off of me. It, works, it has worked pretty well for me.
0: Yeah, and what is that uh, what is it called again cuz I you, you spray it on your clothes, right, as a deterrent? Yeah,
2: you can Pr- uh, permethrin's the active ingredient. Um there's different brands uh, that have it, but the brand I use is called Sawyer's.
0: Yeah, that's the one my friend uh mm-hmm. from the trip who was the outdoors writer uh Bob Fry, that's the same stuff that he used. Uh so you planted a bunch of trees for people? <laughs> And it didn't and it didn't rain Luke
2: <laughs> I know I it, I redid my lawn you know three weeks ago at my oh. house and I couldn't have timed that any worse but uh you know it's like when you have the time and, and and you do it and now you have to deal with it but watering is um is more important than ever right now
0: yeah no kidding even with rain coming which is interesting you know yeah we might have some rain coming but that might not be enough. You know, this has been a long period of a uh, very long period without rain. So what's the first thing we should know about if we're thinking about watering those trees? Who gets water and who doesn't? Well, uh, those younger
2: trees, the ones that are just establishing or maybe you planted uh, this year, last year, or even the year before, those are the ones that you really want to help out establishing their root system. So any um, anytime you water trees, you want to make sure that it's not a, you know, an infrequent or you want to make sure it's not a frequent, you know, sprinkle under the tree. You want it to be an infrequent deep watering. So you want to, you know, encourage that root system to develop very deep into the soil. Uh, that way, when we do encounter these types of, you know, heat stress times or drought stress times down the road, uh, that the tree 's root system is deep enough that it 's not going to be as impacted uh, as it normally would be if the root system had only developed say on that top you know few inches of soil
0: is there any way to estimate like how much water I should put on my tree uh, or, or or how would you suggest i I decide that that 's enough water well that 's the that 's
2: the hard thing because it 's a little bit different depending on what you know soil type you have um, what your sun exposure is Um, so you want to look at more of soil depth so you want to water to a depth versus necessarily water to time so your larger trees are obviously going to take more water and more time than some of your smaller ones Um, you know that uh, six seven eight nine um, inch depth underneath the the canopy of the tree is what you want to be kind of cool and moist um, you can, I've seen, you know, times where I've used like, you know, a really long screwdriver and okay. this time of year it's, it's easy. You can, you know, poke it into the ground. It's very difficult. You can tell that it's dry. Sometimes you can take a small, um, hand trowel, dig a small hole, um, under the tree and, and see if that, that soil, is it, you know, is it very hard? Is it dry? Um, or is it, you know, moist enough and then it, it wouldn't need water at that point.
0: And so just kind of let the hose trickle underneath the tree for... Who knows how long? Depending on the size of the tree, and as you said, the what the soil is like, if it's out in full sun uh, with rain coming, do you would you wait and see how much rain you got, or would you water? Um, I would still water because we're, we
2: these trees have been stressed. We've been seeing a lot of a lot of trees. Uh, people are calling. You know, they're seeing some early fall color, maybe some yellowing. Um, Some early defoliation, not entire defoliation, but the trees are dropping some trees or, excuse me, dropping some leaves um, just because they're losing so much moisture um, through transpiration and the roots aren't able to, to resupply it fast enough. So, um watering uh, like i said watering is going to be very beneficial for your trees along with the rain that we're going to should be receiving or hopefully
0: and then let's talk about mulch which is a great way to keep that soil evenly moist but how many times have we talked about uh mulching luke and trying to instruct people to do it the right way Uh, oh yeah it's it's very frustrating to see to drive around and see Volcano mulching. That's what we're talking about here. And, you know, just tell them, Luke, tell them how bad that volcano mulching is.
2: Well, it's ho- horrible because, it you know, the, the mulch retains moisture, right? It, that's why it helps trees. But it retains moisture and it helps it when it's over the root system. It does no good for the tree when it retains moisture on the stem of the tree or piled up around the stem and you get these, you know, large volcano-looking um, you know, figures at the base of your tree, that that can cause, you know, a plethora of other issues uh, for the trees, but keeping that moisture right along the stem uh, can create, you know, early rot, and and it can, you know, harm the, the tree's root system. When you keep it out, you know, on the ground, away from the stem of the tree, but underneath the canopy of the tree, out to the drip line, so that's where those ends of the branches end, or if water were to drop off of the tree, straight down that drip line, um, you want to mulch out to that. So that helps, you know, mitigate that soil temperature um, and retain the moisture. It's very good over the root zone, but again, it's horrible uh, piled around the stem of the tree.
0: What's it like to be in the truck with Luke Warner when he drives by these uh, developments that have all their trees uh, volcano mulched? (laughs) Uh, It's frustrating because you'll go (laughs) past 10 houses that are like that before you pass
2: one that Um, you know, it is done correctly. But, you know, that's the reality of being an arborist uh, Mm -hmm. right now is it's it's a lot of education. So um, every chance I get, you know, you go to a house, you talk to homeowners, um, sometimes you can't fix the issue or you can't fix that volcano mulching um, on the trees that they have. But what you can do is you could show them how to, you know, correct it on the ones that can be corrected teach them how to do it correctly down the road um, so those issues aren't you know, being made by them in the future.
0: So Luke, we're mid-June and we're still talking about December, what happened to trees and shrubs in December. How has this dry weather affected the comeback of the plants that were hit so hard when it went down below 20 degrees? Yeah, what
2: has been, it has been very difficult, and I think what we're going to see is, you know, a lot of secondary issues. And and when I say secondary issues, I mean maybe some, um, you know, higher disease prevalence, maybe a lot of insect activity on these trees. The trees were stressed. They're weakened from that winter super cold spell we had. Now they get weakened further from this drought. Um, They're more susceptible. Um, They're just more vulnerable to everything that envi- the environment will throw at them. So, I, you know, you think you're going to see you know, a lot more disease and pest issues this year, specifically on, you know, maybe those older trees that are a little bit stressed and those younger trees that, that aren't, aren't as established, or maybe the trees that have been improperly mulched for years and don't have a good vascular system to, to move, you know, water up and down. It's just everything is going to compile um, you know nature's smart those those insects seek out those you know those weakened trees and they know which ones they can uh which ones are vulnerable and which ones they can get the most out of
0: man i'm telling you i have had so many calls and emails about aphids uh is it the same thing that's going on for trees have you seen an explosion of aphids
2: uh, i think on every birch i've looked at over the last couple of weeks i've seen aphids yeah um and same with like woolly aphids on on beech trees it seems like Every arborist at the office is just coming back with samples with, uh, you know, woolly aphids or or other aphids on on beach or birch trees. It's just almost every property.
0: In general, from that winter, and and we talk about this uh, a lot, from that terrible winter kill, have you seen stuff bouncing back, though? The Pachysandras, the Ivies, the Boxwoods, uh, are they making their way back? Yeah, they are, and some, some
2: are going to take a little bit longer than others. I know the hollies, uh, you know, a lot of those blue holly varieties that got hit so hard, um, you know, a lot of them lost, you know, 50%, 75% of their foliage. Um, but recently, you know, you, you go to some of these properties uh, of clients that, you know, have been instructed to water them, um, and they're bouncing back. Quite frankly, they're bouncing back a lot faster than I would have anticipated, Um but but yeah it's certain things are going to take a little bit longer to recover than others seems like the boxwood might be a little bit slower um, but the pack of sandra bounced right back so um you know it's it's tough with the the hot dry weather but if you can give these plants the water that they need it will certainly help out
0: well luke hang in there over the break we'll, hopefully we'll get some tree questions and luke and i are both hoping for rain for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davycom slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree. You know, they come for free. Uh, a certified arborist will come for free and take a look at your trees and your property and give you a great assessment of what's going on. Give them a call at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 855-982. 982 8733.
1: More of your calls moments away at 866-391-1020. Luke Warner hanging around a bit. Davy Tree, we love those segments every other week throughout the season. And uh, now it's time to take some tree questions for Luke and Doug on The Organic Gardener. First up, it's Joe Penn Hills. Joe, you're on KDK. Good morning.
2: Good morning, guys. Hey, I have a nectarine tree, and this tree's probably 25 years old. But for the last and and we never got nectarines off it but about 5 years ago it started in uh april and may we could see little buds and and uh,
1: little golf ball sized nectarines hundreds of them up there in
2: may and june it dropped them it just drops them and they're all over the ground now and they're like i said they're little about the size of a golf ball but this has happened for five years now, is there anything I can do to help this
0: tree? What do you think, Luke? Have you heard of such a thing? Well, I
2: haven't dealt with too many or any nectarine trees, really. Um, but, you know, most of those fruit trees are, are have so many disease issues. That's why they're managed, you know, so heavily in orchards. Um, you know, it could very well be a, a type of uh, a leaf disease or fruit disease that are causing, you know, kind of the early dropping of the fruit. Um but once it once it develops it's hard to say you know exactly what that uh, that issue
0: Yeah, Luke, would be. Luke aren't uh, fruit trees usually on a, a, a spray program you know for fun, fungus issues for disease uh, oh, yeah. pest issues yeah, as soon as
2: they start to push out their buds uh, most of the time those are treated um you know every uh 2 weeks or so for uh, yeah. for leaf disease issues and it's just a, it's a very large management process uh, that goes into fruit production. This
0: is a good example of, of why you would want a certified arborist to come on your property for a tree like that. Have them take a close look at it. Uh, maybe you know take some samples and see what's going on with that tree. Let me just throw that number out there again, uh, 855-982-TREE, uh, 855-982-8733. G- give them a call. Have somebody come to the property and take a look at that tree because nothing could be more frustrating than growing this tree out and then seeing it finally put on fruit and then they just all all drop. So, let's get That's, an expert. That is yeah, let's fair. Uh, I, I I I can't imagine. Let's get an expert out there to to help you and and let's get some nectarines and then you're going to be so happy. You're going to bring me in a big basket of nectarines. You're going to say Doug, you saved me.
1: Let's go to uh, Bob. Bob you're on KDK. How you doing, Bob? Hello, Bob. Uh, Go ahead. This is Robert. Okay, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, Basically, you're talking about volcano mulching. Once you remove the volcano mulch, which we all did, so beautiful, you get down to the ground surface, you find roots. Uh,
0: What do you do? Do you cut the roots, leave the roots, cut and seal the roots? Great question, what do want you to do? Great question, what do you think luke?
2: yeah, you once you remove that down to what you know normal grade would be and you're finding your large you know horizontal roots, if there's any that may be um you know a crossing um, or girdling the trunk itself, you would want to you know sever or remove those. Um, it's always good to have an arborist come out and and take a look at those to kind of uh, you know give you an idea on which ones you know should be taken, which ones shouldn't be. But then you ultimately want to cover that 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 lower root area uh, with mulch again. Not too much, not piled up around the stem, um, but just enough to cover um, cover those areas because you can also have some sun scald or sunburn issue if you leave those you know uncovered in the in the bright sun.
0: And Luke, if you do uh, cut those roots, we don't seal those anymore, right? We just ne- let nature do that. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's been found that, you know, you put the
2: pruning paint or sealer or anything that, you know, people have done over the years on those, and ultimately it'll inhibit the, the recovery and, and, and growth of the,
0: uh, the healing process more Thank than anything. Mhm. Well, here's a question from Jay. I have a lot of poison ivy growing under a privet hedge. Can poison ivy killer be applied without getting into the root system of the hedge and harming it, or how should this be controlled? uh what uh i'm leaving this one for you luke
2: <laughs> yeah i mean um most of the time with with treating poison if you don't want to get the poison ivy and you want it removed you got to have somebody else do it
0: <laughs> yeah that's true but, i mean but yeah. you just you just pull it out is that the way to do it
2: you can but oftentimes it comes back um you know treating it with products is is ultimately the way to get rid of it uh, you know, or, or treating
0: it with, with something long-term.
2: But it is tough when it's mixed in with something like privet that's so dense because, you know, how do you treat the poison ivy?
0: Yeah, definitely. So thanks so much, Luke. And for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 Time to go, Rob. Time to go. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game.